Turn with me to the book of Revelation. So glad everybody that's here. Thank you for coming. Appreciate all the visitors and, and uh, pray that when you leave here today, you'll know that you've been blessed of God and, and you have felt His presence. I, I was praying last night, and as I was praying, I said, you know, usually when we get out and pray, all of us, we pray and say, oh, Lord, bless us and be with us and fill us with your presence and let your presence, you know, so on and so forth. But you know what? The Lord impressed upon my heart and mind says, when my presence is there, it fills the whole room. Do you, remember, do you ever meet anybody when they walk in? They had such a glow, such a, a countenance about them that when they came in, it just filled the whole room. Can you imagine Jesus when he walked into a place, when he walked into the temple or in the synagogue or in somebody's home or just anywhere he went, standing under a tree? The flowers paled in comparison. It might have been a mighty, mighty tree. But when, I, when Jesus is standing there, I don't see the tree. <laughs> Beautiful flowers. When Jesus is there, I don't see the flowers. I see the rose of Sharon. <laughs> he spoke to my heart and he said, when I'm there, my presence fills the room. Hallelujah. So instead of saying, Lord, fill us, he said, when I'm there, you're filled. When I'm there, you're filled. Yes, amen. And you know what? Jesus, so many times have I prayed and said, Lord, and we've said it over and over, and it's true, and I, and I believe it, and I've even preached on it here. I've preached on it here lately. You've heard me say it time and time again, that we live for Him. Amen. You're alive. How many is alive? You're not dead. You're alive. You're breathing. You're alive. So as you live, live for Him. But as the Lord was speaking to my heart last night, He said, go a step further. You're not just living for me, but you're living with me. With me. The Lord says, I live with you. In you. If He's in me, He's with me. If He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, then that means if I live for Him, that means I'm living with Him. Boy, that's something there now. Living with Him. With Him. How many times have we said, Lord, I just want to be with You. Talk about going to heaven. Lord, I'm, I'm waiting to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. I want to be with You. But the Lord has given us a promise. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. He said, I'll be with you, told his disciples before he went back to heaven. He said, I will be with you always, even to the end of age or the end of the world. I will be with you. So I was saying to him, Lord, with you, I want to live not just for you, but I want to know. I want to be aware of every day of my life. 
every day when I wake up and go through that day, I want to be aware of more and more all the time. As the days go by and as the years go by, I want to know that I am living with you. And that you are living with me. In me. So that when I realize, hey, when you're living with somebody, <laughs> if you got a wife, you got a husband that you live with, your wife keeps you on your toes. You're always looking out. You're always watchful. You're always mindful of your wife. Vice versa. The wife should be always mindful of her husband. So when you live with somebody, you're always aware of their presence. You're always mindful of what it is they like, what it is they want, what it is they said. You try to remember, say, oh my Lord, I forgot what she said and I'm in trouble now. <laughs> so when you live with somebody, you, you always are mindful of what they want, what they desire, what they love, what they like, what they don't like. You try to do things to please them in every way. You make sure that you don't put the wrong thing in the wrong place. <laughs> so as I'm mindful of Christ, it's the same thing, except it's much more precious and more dear. and more, It's more... He's a much closer person. He is much, so much dearer in my life. As much as I love my wife and my children and I love them the life that I have, I love them dearly and I'd give my life for them if I had to. But when I think of Christ, the thought of Him the thought of Christ goes beyond all of this world and of this life. When I think of Him and how dear He is, He's even told us, He said, He that doesn't hate his, his wife or children or lands or cattle, if you love them more than you love me, you're not worthy of me. And so I began, Lord, I don't hate them. But when I consider your love, His love, His love binds us together even greater. Did you know that? You know the love of God binds people together even more than the love they have for one another. Love is of God. Yes, love is of God. But those who don't even believe in God can love one another. Sinners and the ungodly and the atheists and the and the uh, agnostic and all that's in the world can love each other. But when you know the love of God, when you see the love of God, when you experience the love of God, man, there's something there that, that it, 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 praise God, it goes beyond what your mind can comprehend. It goes beyond the love that you could possibly have for anybody, anytime, place, anywhere. It's a love that is, that is binding. It's a love that is eternal. It's a love, thank God, that, word, that cannot be put into words. 
It can't be put into human language. I can tell my wife how much I love her and my husband. I can tell my children how much I love them. But there's really no words to express the love of God. It goes beyond human comprehension. Hello. We can comprehend love for one another, but can we comprehend the love of God? We can comprehend what it means to get along with each other, but can we comprehend what it means to love and live with God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when I fail in my attempt to love Him as I should, His love is even greater. And He loves me anyhow. He loves me no matter how, how far short I may come. He loves me no matter how much I've, I've, I've failed. He still loves me. And He doesn't give up. What kind of love is this, is this that God has? What kind of love is it that the Lord has? And so I began to realize, Lord, I want to live with You. I want my life to be enriched with You. Why did Jesus come? He came for that very reason. Why did He die for that very reason? Why did He rise again for that very reason? That He may gather together in one all of God's people. Gather together. Gather them together. We all together begin to comprehend. We all together begin to understand and comprehend the love of God and the depth and the height and the width and the breadth of God's love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's love supersedes all things. God's love is beyond this world. God's love, praise God, God's love makes us victorious in life. God's love redeems us in life. God's love gives us every hope there is in this world. There is no other hope, but that's enough. The hope that Jesus gives is more than enough hope for life. To live, to be, to have, to exist. There's hallelujah. Without Christ, why do we exist without Him? Why are we here? We are here because of Him. Every one of you here this morning here because of Jesus. I am what I am by the grace of God. You are who you are because of Christ. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. Now in Revelation, as John writes to us, as I was thinking of what he wrote, says that he bore the word of God, the testimony of Jesus, and everything that he saw. And in verse 9 he says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos. For the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And as I was meditating upon these words, I said, Lord, I'd like to place my name there. 
And you can place your name there. He said, I, Bob Joyce, was in a place called Benton, Arkansas. For the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus. I might not be being persecuted by the Romans like John, but I am being tested. We are on trial for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. You are here this morning for His sake. You are alive today for His sake. Your life that you live and what you go through in life today is for His sake. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. The blood of Jesus Christ bought you and redeemed you and purchased you. And bought you out from the slave market of sin. And he became your king. He became your Lord and your master. Therefore, all that you are is for the cause of Christ. The reason you live is for him. The reason you breathe air today is for him. The reason you gather together today in church anywhere is for Him. For the sake of Him. For His testimony. For the Word of God. If you look at your life this morning and you look back at what has not happened to you in the past week, the past month, whatever it is that's happened to you as a Christian, then know this. It has happened for the sake of Christ. All that you are and all that comes your way in life is because of Christ. Whatever it is you face, you face as a child of God. You are not of this world. You are not facing this world alone like the ungodly. But you are facing this world with Christ. You are facing every day in your life with Him. Hallelujah. You have His stamp of approval upon you. You have His seal upon you. You are representatives of the greatest King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Your very lives is not your own. You belong to another. And all that you are, and all that you feel, and all that you say, and all that you think, and all that's in your heart, and all that's in your life, are the very things that Christ has put there. His very life, His very spirit, the gifts that He gives you, the things that He gives you in life, is there for His sake. He said, I was in the Isle of Patmos for the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Hallelujah. He didn't gripe. He didn't complain. He didn't whimper and whine about about what he was suffering on the Isle of Patmos. He said, but I'm here for his sake. Glory to God. 
And I remember in the book of Acts when Peter and John been whipped and beaten because they were preaching Jesus in the temple. The Bible says when they let them go, they went back to their company rejoicing because they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name's sake. Hallelujah. We want to live for God. We want to have all the good things of God. We want the blessings of God. We want the best that God has for us in life. But I ask you this question, are we willing to suffer for his name's sake? Are we willing to go through anything in life for his sake? If you belong to him, you will. If you belong to him, you gladly do it. If you belong to him, it doesn't matter what comes and goes your way. You are doing it for his sake. Because I live today with him. For him, to him, through him, of him. I live today in Christ. So that what he allows to come into my life, whatever that is, Lord, it doesn't matter what it is. As long as you're with me, as long as I'm yours, everything is cool. Everything is all right. There's nothing that can come my way that will overwhelm me because you will not allow anything to come my way that I can't handle. Sometimes we go through things in our lives and wonder, why is God allowing this to happen to me? Why do I have to go through this? But remember, as a child of God, He promised you that He would not allow more to come on you than you could bear. But will with the temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So whatever it is you're facing, as a child of God, you will bear up under and you will come through. And Paul uses the, the, the Greek words meaning you will come through, through it on the other side. You will come through to the other side. It's like a ship going across the lake or going across the sea. You will find anchor on the other side. Hallelujah. Say amen if you believe that. Amen. And so as John as John was uh, giving us his, his letter here, his, what, he, what he saw, in verse 17, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying to me, Do not fear, I am the first and the last. I am he that lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have keys of hell and death. When Jesus spoke to his disciples in John, the 14th chapter, he was telling them about things they'd never heard before. And he was admonishing them and encouraging them and opening up to them secrets 
things he wanted to share with them from his own heart of love because he loved them so dearly. And he said, you believe in God. Believe in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. As I was reading those scriptures over and over, and we've read, all of us here this morning have probably read that over and over. We've heard that all our lives. Christ has gone away to prepare a place, a mansion. And I believe that. But as I began to meditate upon these words, the Lord began to, I believe, reveal things to me. And He said, this is twofold. Jesus said, if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, where I am, now bear with me. Just, just bear with me. John. When he saw the Lord, he remembered. He saw Jesus and he saw the candlesticks and the, you know, and the Son of Man walking among the golden candlesticks. His head and his hair was white like wool and his feet shod like brass in the furnace, burned in a furnace. And his voice is the sound of many waters. It was, he was, his eyes was like fire. And he fell down as dead. He remembers Jesus. For he's the one that stood at the cross. He remembers. Not a glorified Christ, not a not a Christ so brilliant and so glorious it would knock you over backwards just to look at him. But he remembers a horrible sight. He remembers the day when Jesus hung on that cross. Not the bright shining raiments but a bloody body not gold and silver gleaming precious stones but a bloody rugged cross not a scene of glory but a scene of agony Not anything that anybody in the world would want to see, but shun. Not a place of glory for any man, but of shame. Because the hand on the cross was cursed. It was a cursed thing. The Jews counted the cross of Jesus and the crucifixion of Christ a cursed thing. Not a blessed or a glorious thing. Any man who hangs and dies on a cross is a curse to God and cursed by God. That's exactly what happened to Jesus. 
It wasn't a moment of strength as we all like to think of Jesus. He was so strong and loving on the cross. And He was. He loved us. That's why He died. But His death on the cross was more than just that. It was God's curse. It was God's curse upon Him because He took our sins. He took our place. He took upon Him the whole world upon His shoulders. And He bled and He suffered for us. And John is remembering the Christ on the cross. He's the only one who was standing there. Where was Peter? Where was James, Bartholomew, Matthew? Where was the other Simon, the other Judas? Not Judas the betrayer, but the other Judas. There was two of them. Where was he? Nowhere to be found. The only one the Scriptures tell us of that was there at the cross of Jesus at His feet was John with his, the mother of Jesus. John standing there watching, looking on. He didn't see anything glorious. I don't know how he could stand there and be able to, to watch the Savior in such agony. His Master, His Lord, His friend, His, his life. All that He knew since He began to follow Jesus, that's all that He knew in life. Jesus had become His all in all. And here He is hanging on this cross, suffering. Why is He suffering? Jesus had told them, I'm going to go away. I'm going to go away. And where I'm going right now, you can't come. Nobody can come here. Nobody can assail the enemy. No one, no one can take the load. No one can face the darkness. I have to do it alone. No one can bear the weight of the world. But I can do it alone. Just me. No one can come. I go alone. I go alone. I face the enemy alone. I face the burden alone. I face the darkness alone. But I come to do the will of my Father. But I come to do it for you. But just know this, what I do, I do for you. Hallelujah. What I face, I face for you. You can't face it. You can't do it. But I can do it. Nothing and nobody in this entire world can do what I can do. I've got to do it. For your sakes. When will the world wake up and realize that what Jesus did, nobody else in the world could ever do it. No one in history could have ever done what Jesus did. 
But if he is to face the agony, if he is to face death, if he is to face all of that from me, then our God in heaven, our Father in heaven, is going to see to it that he is crowned with glory and honor. If he's going to go through the battle, he's going to come out victorious over all. Hallelujah! Where I go, you can't come. But where are you going? I want you to think about what I'm saying this morning. I'm going to close here in a minute. Where Jesus went, he said, I go to prepare a place. If he was to go to heaven today, I believe this with all of my heart. If you were to go to heaven right now and see heaven, I believe the Lord would take you around and show you things and he'd bring you by a certain place, whatever it was. I don't even know what it looks like. And he'd walk up there and say, you know what, who lives here? And who lives here? Bob Joyce. But I'm here. I'm not there. I said, yeah, but this is his place. <laughs> they walk around and say, you see this place? That's Elder Bob's place. That's Peggy's place. That's your place. Your. Every one of you that believes there's a place for you. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place because I live. You will live. The scripture tells us that everyone who believes, listen to me this morning, every one of us who believes that Jesus died and rose again, that we are raised with Him. If He died for me, he was buried for me. And He rose for me. And in God's mind and in God's view, everything that happened to Him happened to us. When Jesus died, you died. When Jesus was buried, you were buried. When He rose, you rose. And where did Jesus go when He died? What happened to Him? He said, I go to prepare a place for you. Hallelujah. Somebody said, Brother Bob, where are you living at? I'm living in that place. What place? The place Jesus prepared for me. There's an old song we used to sing in church all the time. There's room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. There's room at the cross for you. What place do I live? The Bible says that we have been raised together with Christ. And where have we been raised together? into that place that He has prepared for us. I don't live any longer. My old address, my address has been changed. 
Billy Graham said when he died, said, said, when I leave here, don't think that I'm dead. So I'm alive. I've just changed addresses. Remember him saying that? And that's literally true. That's literally true. That's absolutely the truth. But I'm talking spiritual now. When we were lost without Christ, we were dead in sin. Amen? But when we found the Lord and He came into our life, we come alive in God. And what happened to us? We changed addresses from where we used to live to where we're living now. Where are you living now? I'm living in that place Christ has prepared for me. Oh, I ain't in heaven yet. I've not, not seen my mansion. If it's got a mansion, whatever it is, is up there in glory on the other side. I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing. Whatever it is, I'm living in it by faith right now. The joy that I'm going to have in heaven, the, the, the what I'm going to feel in heaven, the peace that's going to be in heaven, i got a little bit of it right here and right now. Hello? Jesus said, I'm going to go and I'm going to prepare a place for you because I live, you're going to live. How are we going to live, Lord? You're going to live exactly where I put you, praise God. You're not going to live in the same old place you used to live in. You're going to live somewhere else. And you're going to know something else. What you see now at the cross is for you. And what I'm doing, what He do at the cross what did he do in the grave? What did he do during all that time? He's preparing a place. He's making things ready. He's satisfying the law, demands of the law, and all that, all that the guilt and shame of the world is upon his shoulder. He's taking it. He's facing all those things that wants to kill you and destroy you. He wants to, he, he's, he's, he's putting his foot down on the head of that old serpent that wanted to drag your soul into hell. He's preparing a place. He's conquered the enemy. He's whooped the devil. He's paid for sin. He's took the load. He has satisfied the law. The wrath of God is appeased. And now Christ has prepared a place. And that place is by Him. That place is in Him. That place is with Him. That place is here and now. That place is His Spirit. That place is His heart. That place is His mind. That place is His Word. That place is His peace and His joy. That place is His Spirit. That place, what kind of place is it? Said we were raised together with Christ to heavenly places. Heavenly places in Christ. What does my mansion look like? I don't know exactly in heaven. But I got a good idea. I got a pretty good idea in my heart. Because I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks like joy. It looks like love. I don't care what it's made out of. It looks like love. <laughs> it looks like peace. It looks like great satisfaction. It looks like everlasting contentment. I don't care if it's a log cabin or a gold mansion. It doesn't matter. That's not the point. The point is that place in Jesus this morning 
is where we live. Lord, I want to be with you. I want to be with you. John stood at the cross and he cried and he wept and he sorrowed after his Lord and he loved him and wanted to be near to him. Jesus said, you can't come with me now, but you will later. He said, I'm coming back. <laughs> he said, if I go to prepare a place, I will come back. When Jesus rose from the dead, brother, he came right back. He said, here I am. Praise God. Hallelujah. He appeared to them many times for 40 days and then He ascended to heaven. He said, if I go to a prayer place, I'll come back and receive you unto Myself where I am. Where is He? Is Jesus in heaven? How many believe He's in heaven? Do you believe Jesus is in your heart? Do you believe Jesus is in your spirit? Do you believe Jesus is in your mind? Do you believe Jesus is in your life? Do you believe that Jesus, praise God, now somebody, you're not following me, you're not listening to me. You believe that Jesus is right here, right now? Amen. Amen. He said, if you're two or three together, together in my name, what did he say? There I am. There I am. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm going to bring you back to where I am. And where I am, there you're going to be also. Hallelujah. Brother, I'm not waiting just to get on the other side of glory. He said, I'll be with you right here and right now. I'm with you right now. The church has lost sight of that. The church has lost sight. Jesus said, I'm going to go away prepare a place. When I come back, you're going to be with me where I am. Where are you, Lord? He said, I'm right here. He said, furthermore, he said, furthermore, I'm coming back to this earth just like I did when I left and the whole world's going to see me. Amen. How's he coming back? The Bible said he left in the clouds. They saw him as he descended up into heaven and a cloud received him out of their sight. And the angel said he's coming back in like manner. He's coming back the same way he left. Amen. He left here. He's coming back. He's coming back in the clouds. Jesus said, where I am. And Lord, if you're going to be in the clouds, then that's where I want to be. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now listen to me. Listen, get it right here. Lord, if you're in the church, that's where I want to be. Lord, if you're in the pulpit, that's where I want to be. Lord, if you're at home, if you're at home with my youngins and my wife and my family, that's where I want to be. Lord, if you're out on the street uh, with the poor and helping those that's downtrodden, that's where I want to be. Lord, whatever it is you are, that's where I want to be. Hallelujah. Wherever your spirit is, is where I want to be. In my Father's house are many mansions. That word mansion means dwelling place. Dwelling place. Where do you live, Brother Bob? I live in that dwelling place with Him. I'm not just waiting for a silver-lined, gold-trimmed mansion. He lives within my heart. He lives within your heart. I go to prepare a place for you. What did He prepare? He prepared your heart. He prepared your mind. He redeemed your soul. He cleaned you and washed you and made you whole and complete. And He says, now I'm going to abide in you and you're going to abide in me. That where I am, where I am, where I am, where is He this morning? Praise God. Is He in your heart? Is He in your life? 
where I am, there you may be. I count myself as one with Christ. You count yourself as being with Him. Hallelujah. When He rose from the dead, we have risen. We celebrate, praise God, death couldn't hold Jesus. Three days and three nights. He said, that'd be three days and three nights. And that was it, brother. Nothing else could hold him there. He had to come out of there. He paid the price. Everything was paid for. It was done. When Jesus, when, and he said, everything is it's, it's finished. He came out of that grave like he said. Because he is the Lord of all. He's Lord over all. He told John in Revelation, I am he that, I am he that was dead. But I'm alive forevermore. I hold the keys of death and hell. I hold your life in my hand. All that I am, I am to you. And all that you are, you are for me. I've prepared a place for you in the heavenlies. Hallelujah. In the heavenlies. When we, when we think of what Christ of heaven is like, where we go when we depart this world, when we think of that as children of God, what does that do for us? How does that affect us? What does that tell us? How does that make us feel? Does it strengthen us? And I say to you, yes, it does. Hallelujah. Because it is the strength of that life that lives in us now. It is the joy of eternity that abides in us now. He is the Lord of eternity. Hello. If you've got, you got Jesus in you, you have eternal life in you. Hello? If you have Jesus in you, you have joy of heaven in you. If you have Jesus in you, you have the joy and the song of the angels singing inside your soul. As a matter of fact, you got a song to sing the angels can't sing. If you have Jesus in your life, then all that God is, is in you. His life is your life. So we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate the Lord's resurrection. And we're going to celebrate ours too. We're going to celebrate Him coming out of the grave. And we're going to celebrate coming out there with Him. Praise God. Because we're not dead in sin any longer. But now we live in Christ. Because of Him, we live. Did you hear me this morning? Because of Him, we live. Stand with me, everybody. Everything about Jesus all that concerns Christ yes. He has made us partakers of it. Yes. All that is His glory He has shared with us. All that is His inheritance all that He's heir to, He has made us joint heirs with Him. All that is His life, glory to God, He has given to us. Let us not think of ourselves as separate from Christ, but one with Christ. Let us not think of ourselves as some life apart from Him, but a life because of Him. For without Him, we have nothing. Christ has risen in our life. He has risen in our hearts. He has risen. He has risen in us. 
the day dawn has risen in us. Yes. Hallelujah. What is Christ? He's the eternal word of the eternal God. Amen. His word lives forevermore. Every time I read about it, I shout. Every time I read about it, I'm strengthened. Every time I read about it, I'm lifted up. Every time I read it, I believe it, and I'm lifted up. Amen. And I know who I am, and I know where I'm going. I know where I come from, and I know what God put me and where I'm going. Say amen. amen. Every time I read his word, I believe it. Praise God. And it strengthens me, and it gives me life, and it gives me hope, and it gives me faith to believe to go on. His word. His word is eternal. Hallelujah. I'm alive forevermore, he says. My word will never pass away. His word will never pass away. Are we founded on that word? Do we live by that word? Are we saved by that word? Hallelujah. Father, thank you this morning. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you, God, because you have prepared for us that place in you. And no matter what happens to this world or where we go, or what else that lies in the future, you know. But as of now, we are in you. In all that you want of us, all that you have told us about, shall come to pass. Hallelujah. And God, we're not going to live in this world as downtrodden. Because you have risen. We're not going to face this world afraid because you have risen and you are with us. And your spirit abides with us. And you live with us. And you have prepared for us a place with you right now. Hallelujah. And by the authority of Jesus Christ, we live and we move and we act. And we are all that we are in Christ. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody says, I am what I am. In Jesus' name. I am what I am by the authority of the risen Christ. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Do you believe that? On the authority of the risen Christ, you are who you are right now. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Aren't you glad? Hallelujah. All right, shake hands, be friendly.